cool. I did it on go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. Three, two, one. Can you hear yourself in the microphone and everything? Yeah. Spike tendencies. Recorded live from Lamp City Studios in New York City, I'm Cam Meekins, and this is SJ Pederuti. Don't call him Steven Joseph, that's his dad's name. And here's what we think. Where, does, where do we start? Well, I think this is the first episode, so um, maybe we should introduce ourselves. Yeah, SJ, we've been friends idea. for years now. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't, why don't we tell the story of how we, how we met each other? We met through my older brother, Kyle. Yeah, but I don't actually remember how we met. I think it was uh, through poker. I think we were, we were playing poker because you back guys, in Boston. yeah, you guys had a whole thing back in Boston. And those were dark days, man. <laughs> <laughs> those were the, those were the dark years. And that, I live yeah. in, I live in New York city. Now you live in California, yeah, San Francisco, for better or for We've worse. We've both, I think from when we first met both kind of vibed because I knew you were a creative, you knew I was a creative, um, you with your writing and your work that you did at Disney and all this, all this different stuff. I was always really interested in it. About a year ago, we started working together. Um, you were consulting with me on Lamp City stuff, just on business. And things just kind of fell into place. I wanted to start writing articles. And we were hanging out. And I think we just smoked some weed like we're doing right now. We were just talking about building content, like creating content, how great of a thing that is, right? Yeah. And that just led to this idea of creating uh, a website or uh, just a just a lot of different media content online. Yeah, I think that that's the way the best projects start is when you don't really know what exactly you're doing, and you just find yourself creating and building something, and it becomes something else, and you go with that. And I mean, here we are, you know, sitting together. In, in the studio doing a podcast and I never would have thought even just six months ago that this is where I would be. Well, you came over to hang out. Yeah. What's funny is I'm thinking back on like how I got into music and how I got into all these other things I've done. And that's where it's all, it's always stemmed from an organic relationship. You know what I mean? An, or, an organic friendship. I think for me as a creative, like that's, that's how you need to work with people because you know, there is a fine line between working with friends, but you do need to work with, with like-minded people. Yeah, and I mean, we've both been in this business long enough now that, uh, you know, from a professional standpoint, when you're working with a major label or you're working at a big studio and you start to have to create for them and for their vision right. of whatever it is it's going to be, it can be so creatively restricting. And I find that that, like, actually drained me of my creativity. Like I'd come home at the end of the day and I'd just be like, I, I don't even want to do my own stuff now. Right. And so I, for now it's like, I don't even care if I make any money on this because I really want to express myself and what exactly. I'm believing in and how I'm seeing the world. And I can't do that if I'm trying to do it for someone else or if I'm trying to do it for money right, or to impress someone. I have to just do it because I want to create something that somebody else can look at and relate to whether they like it or hate it love it or not and if i get paid that would be cool <laughs> well and you know what's funny about that is is that i i'm a firm believer that you probably are going to get paid because what you're doing is something you're really so passionate i think about. so too exactly you know and my stepdad is a contractor right but he didn't go to college i didn't go to college he 
worked to become really good at something. You know what I'm saying? Found something that he loved. And it was with his hands, you know? So whether it's music or accounting or whatever the fuck you want to do in your life, you have to really want to do that to be like a millionaire, a billionaire from it. Because that's your life. That's every minute of your day. And you can't put that much time into something that you don't really care about. I was talking to somebody recently. I can't remember who it was. And we were out grabbing some drinks the other night. And he said, you can do three things well. You can either be good at your relationship, you can be good at your job, or you can be good at your friendships. You have to focus on one of those things, and you can do maybe two of them well, but one of them is going to fall by the wayside. And I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if that's true. I think some people might be able to press on things more than others. Right. But, you know, you talk about getting to that level of success, the millionaire, the billionaire level. And I think it's about the drive. And it has to be this passion that, quite frankly, I'm not sure I have that passion to just put it into my work. Right. Because I do care about my relationships with other people. And I do care about having a singular relationship and building a life with someone. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think a lot of people don't realize the fact that they are making these trade-offs and they are making these sacrifices all the time. They aren't pursuing the search for their passion. Maybe they don't know if they want to be a contractor or if they want to be an artist or if they want to be a musician or whatever they want to do, but they're just kind of fine putting that search on hold and taking whatever job that they've got because they've chosen instead to go find that partner who they really love and who they really want to be with, or they're with their friends and they're focusing on that. Because I don't see everybody else out there looking the way think, that you and I are, are looking. I think what it boils down to is values, right? And I wrote about this on the website. And to me, I'm pretty clear what my values are now. And for a while, I really wasn't. Yeah. Um, I've always been doing music and I always have loved doing music and since i was 17 years old i've been doing it professionally able to like make a living off of it um but i never sat one day when i was 17 years old and said this is how i want to build out my life and these are the things that are important to me and i didn't go through my life making decisions based off of that analysis but you've done that analysis now i've done it now and i think it's not something you can really do at 17 or 18 necessarily completely but you can start. And what I would like to see young kids doing is starting to think along those lines yeah. and starting to understand that like there is, a, uh, there is a life out there for you that you can make for yourself, but you, you need to do it. It's not just going to come to yeah. you, you know? And you will probably get stopped along the way if you're not clear what you really want that life to be. And don't just simplify it and say, I want to be a rapper. I said that. Okay. I'm a rapper now. I've been a rapper for six years. Yeah. What now? Yeah, you know? at the end of your search. It, it, that's not it, yeah. right? It, just being a rapper doesn't achieve all of the things that I want in my life. Do I want to be a rapper who has a family? Do I want to be a rapper who has a really nice business or a media business or, you know, who just raps and makes money? Do I want to be a rapper who 
doesn't make that much money and just lives and chills in a small apartment by himself, you know, or do I want to be, um, something else? Do I want to be an entrepreneur? Or do I want to change? And so you have to ask yourself, what's, what's the road that I want to take here and what's important to me? Exactly. You know, to get to that road, you have to think about what's important to yourself and actually identify those values. You know, we said it in the, the article, pick five values, write down a, a hundred or 20 or whatever and pick five of them. Yeah. It's, um, I think the other key part of it is that you got to actually write it down. <laughs> you literally have to put pen to paper. Right. Cause you think about it in the abstract and I'm like, okay, well, what are my values? And what are the things that are important to me? It's like, all right, well, I'd write family down and then I'd write, but then you forget. You can create things with your mind, right. but unless you write it down, it really doesn't become We think real. that these are things that we can do in our head and we think that we've already done it. Yeah. And that's why we go about our life and we're hustling and we're, we're trying to do whatever we're doing. If we're creative, we're trying to make something happen with ourselves. But then you get in some situation, you know, you get in a relationship, you get in a, a work situation, you get in something that is not in line with your values, but you haven't done the work of really writing those values down. So you're not able to clearly see it and make a conscious decision about it. And the other thing I think about it is when you're, even if you write those values down, when life happens to you, when something might go wrong or you might not get the job that you really wanted, you don't think about the values that are governing your life, the principles of those things. Right. You think about the exact path that you were on. Right. I saw that I was going to get that job. That was the job that I wanted and I didn't get it. But no value should be a job. Like your value isn't rapper on your list, right? Right. My value for that was creativity. And my creativity comes out in making music. And there you go. But if you never was a rapper, you would still have other avenues for creativity, for fame, for influence. And so that would be the path that you would take. That would be the next step for you. Right. Not, right. oh, and I didn't get this there thing. Is, there is no perfect life. You know, whatever life you decide to make for yourself, whatever life I make for myself, it's the one that we're living. Yeah. And we can make conscious decisions and conscious efforts to try and finesse certain parts about that life. And I think that's a great thing to do because you can sit back and say, you know, I, I put an effort towards this and I feel good about this. But at the end of the day, we don't know exactly how it's going to play out. And that's the thing about being present right. is the fact that you don't know how it's going to play out, but you will know if you're not being fully present and giving a full effort to right. the moment that's happening. If you're thinking elsewhere while you're on the commute to your job and you're thinking about that different life that you might want to have and what you're doing, and are you wasting your time? Well, you're giving half of a thought to something that's very important, which is to say, how am I spending my time? And the value project that you were talking about in that blog is a good moment to just sit down and give full concentration to this, and then to put down actual visible words that are in the world now right. that can help you along that path. I was, uh, there's this thing called odyssey planning that I heard about and like what it is, is an extension of the value system that you wrote about. And instead of picking just values, the odyssey planning talks a little bit more about, says this basically, 
write down three different versions of your life that you would want to have in the next five years. It's design thinking. I've heard of this. Yeah, it is. It's design thinking. This is a, a way of also developing software products. And so this theory Wait is a, a second. I off sent, of that. Did, I sent you this. You sent me this? <laughs> I'm the first who sent you this. Well, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you tell the story then. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Keep going, because I'm sitting. Yeah, you know it's good weed. You know it's good weed when you're sitting there and you're listening to you talking. Man, this is this is fucking incredible. I fucking heard this, this, this already. Is, this is like yeah. I totally get what he's saying. Oh wait, it's because I actually also listened to that. This, I read this that is mind share. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a good idea. I was thinking about like I should actually do this. This is what I think the exactly. next step. What it is is it's saying it's it's basically taking a logical path towards planning your life. Yeah. And they're saying that people who design software, people who design products in the technology world, people who work for Apple, you know, guys like Steve Jobs, when they go into their job designing I... products, they say, there is no perfect product here. We don't know where we're going to go. Let's take the course of action as opposed to not doing something. And so what they do is they say, let's just come up with three ideas. It doesn't matter what they are, just do it. Yep. And then from there... Let's see what worked out of those three ideas and what didn't, and let's make three other ideas. Prototypes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you don't go into it with any bias. You don't go into it with any really specific ideas. You just try and make something broad, and then you refine it based off of trial and error. Yeah. And you need to do that in your life, too. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That That's what design thinking is. And so the Odyssey planning part of it was that you look at your life and you think, in five years, what would three different versions of my life look like that I would be happy with in all of them? Right. The interesting part, I thought, the insightful part of that podcast was when he said that you would think that seeing three alternate versions of your life that are all possible in five years would distress you mm -hmm. because you realize I can't do all three of these. I can only do one. But it's A really actually, crazy thing happens. Yeah, he says it's actually liberating. And I haven't actually done this, but I think we should, and then do another podcast mm -hmm. about how we feel now after. Right. Um, because... I'd be interested in seeing if I actually feel that way. Like, oh yeah, I do actually feel comfortable with this. Or if I would feel more distressed and actually like, this kind of does actually suck. Right. I don't know. There's the lights here. We should change the light. You have that hue thing. This is very bright. I feel like I'm in a dentist's office. Yeah, I agree. I like the idea with the podcast is that people can't actually see us. Yeah, there we go. This is good. So I don't know, um, but obviously this is just a free product pitch for this Hue thing. It's the, uh, <laughs> I think they call this hidden advertising, right? The first episode <laughs> of Here's What We Think is brought to you by Philips Hue. Hue. The magic light bulbs. <laughs> we got paid $18 for this. Yeah. So, that's how we met. <laughs> that's how we met, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun just working. And I think one of the cool things about partnerships like this is you actually, you compel me to actually produce some piece of content, right? Like, I have an obligation to write something or to record something and right. actually to put it out into the world, you know, whatever it is that you choose to pursue, whatever that passion is that you choose to follow in your life, 
and however you make your living. One of the things I think that's unique about choosing to live and have a creative part of your life is that you actually have to put it out there. You actually have to produce it. And it's really scary to do. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many things I've got just sitting locked away in like old files or journals and shit like that that I never actually like showed or right. finished right. and just cut loose. But you inspire me to do that because, and I think that's a good thing that you do, you, you cut and release and you let it out there. You know, that's really funny. I never like reflected on that, but that's how I started doing music because I basically, as soon as I started making music, I wanted to put it out there. Even, you know, if it was shit. I yeah. was 16 years old and I would make music. What do you think about that stuff now? You look back on it. How? I love it. I mean, it's, it's fun to listen to. You know what I mean? It's just like a... I like reading my old stuff. Yeah. You know, God, this it's is... funny hearing my voice. I sounded hell young. <laughs> I still sound hell young, but... You sound all right. I, don't... I think he's Not all of us can have the radio uh, broadcast gold voice like SJ. The smooth baritone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I would, I would make music and put it out on YouTube and put it out on Facebook. And that's how I actually even got a fan base was because I, I didn't care. I was making it by myself. All right. So but when you put myself. it out there... Were you scared of like, what if people don't like this? I never had that in me. It's I didn't give that's a fuck. Cool. I mean, in fact, I, what I was thinking was, I need to get this out there so other people can hear it and fuck with that's it. That's good. I mean, I and that's I still feel like that, and that's not that's not an arrogance. That's not a cockiness. That's just like, that's what I feel like. I it's honestly probably an addiction. I need the human connection of people listening to my shit or reading my shit and feeling me because i need to connect with people i you know i'm a i'm one person with all these feelings all these thoughts and i need to put music out or put content out like this so that people resonate with it and then that helps me say i'm not alone that's cool i mean i think that's a key part of art is the fact that you're doing it to share with others that's the definition of art and that's the difference i think between art and just journalism and a lot of people, like, journaling is their thing, and they never share that stuff with anybody. It's their view of the world, but I think what separates journalists, and I'm not talking about the news people, but, but people who write who in journals, journals, a personal diary. Diarist, is that a word? That's a, that sounds weird. Google? Yeah, it does. Diarist. Hugh, preventative against diarist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that define, or that differentiates somebody who just keeps a journal or a diary versus somebody who's creating art is the fact that you're willing to share it and that your connection piece is achieved. And it only can be achieved when you share. Right. For me, it's scary. Like, I want to share things, but it also scares me to realize that I'm putting out an expression of how I'm viewing the world, something that I feel. And it might be something that makes somebody else feel uncomfortable. And that would be. But you weird know what, though? But, but who cares? Yeah. Like, do you really care when you, when you analyze it? Well, the happier I've become, it's been directly attributed to the fact that I just kind of lean into who I am. And yeah. it's like, I'm, I am kind of weird. And you know what? Like, I think that's why I got there with my music. I think that's why I was able to say, I don't care because there is going to be a negative reaction. Yeah. A lot of. People don't like my music. 
A lot of people don't like what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I don't care. Because I want to I want to be a musician. That I told myself that's what I want to do. And I also told myself when I was 16 and almost died. I was in a jet ski accident. Yeah, how do you think that impacted? How do you think I that mean, changed? I mean, I think it changed things? everything for me. I think at that point, prior to that point, I was a kid who got horrendous grades, D's, F's, smoked pot, sold pot. Wait, you were like 15? Yeah, I was 15. Sophomore in high school? Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Dealing drugs. I didn't care. I didn't have a plan. So, okay, wait. This is you what have I to cared about. Up, though, I cared about chicks and I cared about having fun. But if, to back up, the incident you're referring to is that Cam was almost killed in a jet ski accident. Exactly. Right, and that happened when you were 16. Exactly. Okay. And before that, I really had no path. I was into music. I liked fucking around on guitar. And I'm, I was making beats at this point. Yeah. But I wasn't like, yo, I need to be super passionate and put hella work in. Why did the incident, why did almost dying change because your perspective? Because I that? was living my life with no sense of urgency. I didn't realize that tomorrow could all be gone. almost was taken from me now i see how valuable one day can really be and so now you kind of feel so what i said was willingness to share was part of you the accident happened and i was recovering for about a couple months after the accident i had emergency surgery i had to get my spleen removed i'm you know pretty much just like in bed for like how a long month were you in the hospital for i was in the hospital for two and a half weeks in St. Martin. And I flew Juan. back to the United States, recovered, wasn't in school for about a month and a half. And that was like the darkest month, month and a half of my life, really, because I was like so caught up with the fact that I had just went through this life changing thing. And now, like, nothing will ever be the same. Nothing will ever be as carefree now because I've been through this and it was like so traumatic. But then I specifically remember I was like sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is a true story, and I go yeah. back to it, and I can remember being in my bathroom. I said, "You know what? I'm at a I'm at a fork here where I could let what happened to me really be my identity, and I could say this injury happened to me. I'm going to think about it forever. Things will never be the same, and that's that. And I'm going to be bummed and whatever. Or I could use that new the new perspective of knowing." how fragile life is, and use that to justify living a life that's meaningful to me. And at the time, what I said was, I simplified it. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything now that I don't want to do. Period. And that's not an understatement. Yeah, because then you like, if stopped I, going if, to class. If I didn't want to just... go to class, I didn't go to class. And it was an arrogance. And when you're 16, 17 years old, and you're acting like that, and you're justifying it by saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make something of myself, huh? I'm gonna, what I want to do is I want to start making music. So I'm going to make music every single day and I'm not going to go to school. I'm not going to go to class. 
and I would go to class, and I would skip class, and I would go up to the music room. And, you know, the music teacher, he got it. He was like, this kid's going somewhere. So he, he would let me come up there. He knew that I was skipping classes, and he would turn a blind eye to it. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to do. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do, and I'm going to spend my whole day doing what I want to do. And what I want to do is learn how to produce music. And yeah. so... I just had so much time and experience doing that because of that mentality shift. And I'm not recommending that you go and start saying fuck off to all your Sounds like you kind of are. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, but I'm saying that this is what happened for me. And like, it worked out, you know what I'm saying? F- musically for me, but. Is there a moment though, where you have to slodge through something? Like I, I can hate it. I do stuff all the time now that Chemistry? I don't necessarily really want to do. But at the time when life was simpler, not really. I mean, like I could go weeks without having to do something that I didn't want to do. I'm trying to think of how many things I don't want to do. Like, I don't want to go to work on Monday. I don't think it's like a bad thing to admit that. I think a lot of people are like, oh God, I got to go in. But is that what you're saying? To just, should I quit my job? I mean, because I do want to pay my rent. 16 year old me quit my job. When I get back to like the the real true reason as to why, when you ask me, well, did you ever care about when you're releasing music, like what the reaction was going to be, things like that? It's like, no, because I just, all I wanted to do was make music. And when I had stuff that was ready to put out, all I wanted to do was put it out. And that's still my mentality today. That's why I left. I don't, I don't work with labels anymore because when I make something, I want to put it out. If we make this podcast and I want to put it out in 30 You'll minutes, out, I can yeah. do that. Yeah. And, you know, no one can get mad at me for that. No. And that's a value of mine. This podcast was produced by myself, SJ Pedarudi, Tim LaRue, with help from the whole Lamp City team. Make sure you follow everybody on social media at Cam Meekins. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to let us know what you think. Shoot us an email or a message on social media. And keep tuning in. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.